That was the first time I killed a man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is the first, which I guess is also, I would call it inaugural, midweek FYF Pumpcast. We're here and you're here too, and that's why there is energy in the air. So you are listening to Bold Berean Broadcasting. You can visit us online at any of your favorite social media stop bys. Zenga? Uh, MySpace is where we're shoving all of our <laughs> promotional dollars these days. <laughs> uh, we've got a sick track on loop on MySpace. <laughs> or you could check us out at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. At any of those, type in our handle. It's FYF Pumpcast. You can find us. And uh, if not, we'll find you. <laughs> Illuminati. Illuminati. <laughs> Who's that voice? Uh, That's a pal of mine, and uh, we are sans our regulars in the studio tonight. Um, our sound engineer, our executive producer, Kyle Burns, is not with us tonight. He is only here in spirit. God rest his soul. That's right. You know, he was a good man. He was. What a legacy. Excellent hair. Wow. <laughs> That's the thing that he is remembered for, more so than even being a Christian. I got a lock of it before they closed the casket. <laughs> yeah, you, they told you not to, but you're quick. You're wily. Uh, and also, absent from the studio, and this is all building up to a new inclusion in the studio, but uh, one Cameron Warner is absent. So uh, just let's give a, a moment of silence, and I'm going to pour out some of my uh, distilled, ionized, pH-balanced water in his memory. I think that's enough. <laughs> That was, it was respectful and dignified. You know, can I just say, even though this is the midweek and, you know, whatever, uh, the three of you guys make a perfect trio, if I may say so. Would you say Trinity? I, he wouldn't go that far, Neo. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you're, you're, more, you're more Morpheus. <laughs> no, but I, I love that you have Kyle, who's like the quiet and calm, but very definitive with what he's going to say, very, oh, yeah. you know, specific. And then you have the righteous anger of Cameron that I want more of on the show. It's up. Like two weeks ago with the Browns, he was a little amped up. Yeah. He was a little amped up with the Browns, and it led into a great commentary on our president and on the current state of affairs with our country. I want to see more of that. I feel like he was a little bit, uh, a little too calm with uh, recently talking about Kavanaugh and everything. Well, I slipped him a few Benadryl before recording started. <laughs> Uh, but next And then time. you have you, yeah. the middleman, uh, the funny guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> funny how? You're a clown. You amuse me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who are you? So, <laughs> all that to say, we've got a lot of special things planned for you guys tonight. The midweek show, notwithstanding, someone over here to my left, our exclusive first guest to the show... He's here, he's handsome, you can't see him, so just believe me, but I never know how to introduce him. Now, before we started on air here, you said, 
uh, and he's going to be quick to correct me. Is it Elder Bishop Corey or or Bishop Elder Statesman? I forget. Like, how do you identify yourself? Uh, alderman. Ah, Alter Boy. Ald Alderman. Alderman. Older. Yep. <laughs> how much older? Corey Howell, and uh, this is usually the segment of the show where I would give you one of Corey Howell's favorite social media handles. I'm off the grid, baby. He ain't got one. I'm off the grid. We're not sure if he even has a LinkedIn. social. LinkedIn. 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 Uh, you gave my full name, though, so now people are going to find me. Dang it. It's it, LinkedIn's for professionals. None of our listeners are a <laughs> professional. <laughs> so you're safe, pal. And there goes the viewership. <laughs> Well, let me just uh, forewarn our viewers, too, that there are parts, there are segments of this show, namely uh, between the introduction and the outro, to where we basically just make conversation for our own entertainment's sake. <laughs> and if one of the byproducts of that is that we entertain or enlighten someone else with our evangeltainment, all the better. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but just know you ain't going to get pandered and catered to on this show. We respect you too much to care. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, it really is awesome to have you on the show, man. I know we've Appreciate been uh, thinking about doing this for a long time. We mm -hmm. finally got you in the studio. And uh, thanks a lot for, for making the time because I know right now you're in the middle of your own lesson series. And uh, it's been really, really powerful stuff. Kind of uh, you dovetailed off of uh, the last three months of what mm -hmm. you had been teaching on and you continued forward in the church history, right? Yeah, yeah. So this one kind of uh, all stemmed about and... Uh, you know, when you look at how the church history curriculum is written, at least, you know, through our church, is, uh, you know, you have a lot of history, and, and it's, again, based out of Revelation 2 and 3, uh, which I'm not going to go through the entirety of where we get church history from from there. But, it's in the uh, end of the Bible. Yes. There you go. Okay. There you go. Um, but my passion for this one was, especially when you look at the day and age in which we live in, or as the Bible describes it as Laodicea, um, you know, where everything is very lukewarm, you know, people aren't hot or cold for Christ. They're just very in the middle. They have, uh, you know, one foot in the world and another foot on top of their unopened Bible. And so, uh, you know, my desire and passion for this current curriculum I'm doing was uh, I wanted to do more of a historical background as to what really led into this day and age and this church age that we live in and why it is so muddied and why there is just absolutely... Um, nothing going on in the name of Christ as it was in the days of Acts, yeah. or even as it was just you know 300 years ago, 200 years ago, with uh, what was known as the Philadelphian Church Age, with guys like you know Spurgeon and you know Whitfield, uh, Adoniram Judson, Hudson Taylor, all these great missionaries who had these tremendous stories. We don't hear stories like that anymore in this day and age. So it's basically just taking a look at how do we get here, right? And you're uh, you're gonna. How far are you gonna continue into? Are you really gonna come up to current day and age where we have more of like the worship experience churches where there's a lot of bodies but not a lot of substance? How far in, into the current state are you gonna get? TBD. Okay. <laughs> uh, right now I have the. Uh, I'm about halfway through the curriculum that I've written right now. Um, but as far as like you know, well, I, I'm definitely there's a big change going on in like the 40s, the 1950s, and 1960s. And I think I'm going to get up to the 80s. That's probably because a lot of what we see nowadays in churches, it began in the 1980s. Right. It has roots and, there. Yeah. And so I think that'll probably be where it ends up. Um, not a whole lot has changed okay. since then. Or, I mean, if it has, it's just because it was just, you know, the evolution, so to speak, of the demonic monster of, um, you know, the uh, 
what am I trying to say? Emerging church. Emerging church. Right. Uh, you know, the seeker-friendly church, seeker-friendly services. Saddleback. Not saying Saddleback, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to call any churches out by name. But, Willow Creek. Yeah. Uh, Rick Warren. Chicago. Rob Bell. Yeah. Hey, it's not about you, pal. It's about Jesus. Now let's talk about me. <laughs> what a charlatan. Hey, you don't need your Bible. Just go ahead and chuck it. Yeah. World peace. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like the further I get into the Bible, there's not a lot of world peace. And if there is, it doesn't <laughs> unfold so well. I do believe Christ said that he came not to bring peace, but a sword. Huh. A uh, sword to divide. Maybe a sword to uh, divide the tares from the wheat. All right. Well, maybe you're Jesus. <laughs> not my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it may very well not be their Bible. Yeah, very true. I don't know how many different versions there are out there. Uh, well, you know, Aaron, the English language has changed so much just in the last year that we need so many dramatically. Bible interpretations to help us uh, fill in the gaps of what uh, God wasn't smart enough to do the yeah. first time around. So. Here's the thing, man. We need, maybe you and I could talk about this. I know you know your Bible, right? But we need a woke Bible. We, <laughs> we need a Bible that really just, it stops assigning such masculinity to certain characters and, and traits of uh, family leadership. Uh, I just, I don't know how comfortable I am with that. And to be quite honest, I think our listeners deserve more. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Misogynistic, maybe? <laughs> I know Michael Scott thought that that was a compliment in the show, but... I think, um, at least from scripture standpoint, you know, a two, three thousand year old book, does it really stand up today? Of course it does. It's very relevant today. I mean, goodness gracious, I, you know. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you look at the book of Proverbs and just how practical that book is, not only as far as morals, but I mean, you know, it's been said that a businessman can completely conduct his entire business solely out of the book of Proverbs, given the, the principles about being diligent, about being disciplined, about, you know, running things morally and ethically and running things uh, decently and in order, as Paul talked about in Corinthians. And so, I mean, uh, as far as, you know, that's concerned, I mean, Bible is definitely relevant, but I mean, the same truths, the same impact, the same Bible that is able to, uh, you know, save a, a tribesman out in Africa who's never seen another human being before outside of his own clan, the same Bible that was able to transform an entire village you mean to tell me that it's no longer powerful and relevant now to do the same thing for us? Or that we need something pandered to in order to <laughs> spell it out for us, uh, you know, in today's English? I mean, you know, you and I have gone through this before, but, you know, people always say one of the gripes against the King James Bible is that, oh, the, ang the language is so archaic. And that the, the translators, that, you know, that when they translated it, they were translated the English of their day and age. Well... If you read the Bible, the King James Bible, and you actually look at the letter from the translators to the reader, you'll clearly see that that language they made it accessible. in 1611 yeah. is actually a lot harder to understand than the language of the King James Bible. Now, you don't, I know some Bibles, we had this discussion, like you said, some Bibles don't have that foreword from the actual translators. Yeah. But um, I think I just got a new Bible. It's a journal Bible. It's uh, Zondervan Publishers. Who mm -hmm. was yours again? Spreading Seed? Uh, Bearing Precious Seed. Bearing Precious uh, Seed. They also go by, I think it's local church publishers. Okay. They're based out of Milford, Ohio. Really? Yeah. Oh, local Buckeye Company. There you go. And I know a guy like you uh, did a lot of research before, you know, choosing a Bible. And I've seen your Bible. It's got a lot of writing on the inside. What's the deal with that? Uh, you know, I uh, just... 
any verse that I don't like, I go with a black Sharpie and I just kind of cross oh. it out so that I don't have to deal with the conviction of it anymore. You can skip right over it. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I mean, it, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, we're to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And so, um, you know, if I come across a verse and, you know, as the Bible also says, we're to compare spiritual things with spiritual in 1 Corinthians 2 and right. the book of Isaiah that, you know, when you see something and it correlates with a verse over here and correlates with a verse over there, it's nice to be able to know where all these verses are so that you have, you know, two or three witnesses in order to share what it is that God is speaking to you about. And also to affirm any kind of a doctrine that you're studying. You sure. don't want to just cherry pick a one or two verses out of the book of Acts and say that <laughs> this For is example. a doctrine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know that... Uh, <laughs> If you want to be saved, uh, you know, praying a prayer or, you know, anything like that, confessing Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's not good, good enough to save you. I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah. according to a YouTube video you and I start. saw today, yeah. uh, no, it has to be the baptismal waters that wash. Oh. Do you guys see what I did there? Wash away your sins. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you're still living in sin, I mean, there's no way that you could yes. be reborn. Of course. The and of course, you only want to go to just one or two verses in the book of Acts completely not even looking at the context of what the book of Acts is about. That was the thing that really struck me as immediately disingenuous because... Of oh, that video? Yeah. Okay. Obviously, I mean, you've got God's completed work. You've got the Old Covenant, the New Testament. You've got 31,102 verses in the English translation, but yet this guy in his eight or nine minute uh, YouTube diatribe... <laughs> no, it was four. Was it only four? It, it seemed like a lifetime. Barely hit five. Okay. My favorite part of that YouTube video was the end. But... <laughs> Now, here's the cool thing, that the, the Bible is a self-defining book. It's totally encapsulated. It proves itself over and over again, and historically it's accurate. And, and I mean, that's a different discussion for a different day, but mm -hmm. what a beautiful book of, of fulfilled and yet-to-come prophecy. But what I really enjoy about it is that you can see a passage, you can find parallels and callbacks to that passage yeah. before and after it, because it all lines up. But what this one guy did in his very underhanded attempt to uh, convince someone that salvation is an ongoing <laughs> process. Yeah. Almost like a, a you know an easy seven-step works process, which really appeals to the flesh because we like to work towards something to have that finish line and then to have that fulfillment of the achievement. Mm -hmm. That's not how God set things up, and thank yeah. God he didn't. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, for our listeners out there, what this guy did, and I ran across this just doing some research, is... Uh, now, do you think this guy was a Calvinist, or what do you... No, 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 he's a baptismal regenerate... I don't even know what the phraseology would be, regeneratist. Regenerator. He's regenerator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. He, yeah, copyright, trademark, yeah. pending. Some... No, he, uh, baptismal regeneration is the doctrine that uh, it is, you do not receive the Holy Ghost, you do not receive the Holy Spirit, and therefore remission of sins until you are baptized, that... Somehow, by some osmosis, there is some kind of, uh, you know, special mystical substance that goes on in the waters when you go in. Hey, we don't know his ways are above ours. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I feel like if, if there was a way during like a, an audio medium like we do here with podcasts yeah. to have like a little asterisk for every time we're using sarcasm so people just, <laughs> they don't... Just in case we're not laying it on, you know, Thick hard enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah, we're putting this thing on with like a spatula, by the way. <laughs> Um, here's a serious question for you, though. Now, uh, and this is obviously I'm playing devil's advocate, um, but I think it, it makes sense to offer this information to our listeners. So uh, in the Bible, when it talks about, you know, how can a man hear without the word and how can he hear yeah. the word without a preacher and whatnot? Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. But what's your personal stance and belief? Where do you land on? Can someone just read the word of God separate 
from someone lording the word over them or, or uh, you know, uh, being a discerner of the word? And can God speak to them to them through his word to get saved? Absolutely. Because, you know, yeah, there's that passage in Romans 10 that talks about, you know, the feet and, you know, how beautiful are the feet of them who bring the gospel and, and things of that sort. But also earlier in that very same book with Romans 1, you have the general revelation of creation, you know, that, you know, God has revealed these things, you know, in the given the pattern of himself in creation, you know, and so many things that are made in threes, which again is a picture of the Trinity, to point the way that there is a God, there is a creator. That's what's known as the general revelation. And in Romans chapter 2, you have, you know, talking about the law that's written on the conscience, uh, on every single one of our conscience, to know the difference between right and wrong and when we're doing right and wrong. And then all of this, both general revelation and the law of God written on our conscience, is leading us to the special revelation of Romans 10, which is the Word of God. Now, I mean, does somebody actually need to come up and sit down and witness to somebody? No. But if that person has a Bible, someone had to have gotten that Bible to them, whether it was something that they just left behind or it's the same way with the gospel track. If we just leave a gospel track on a, on a you know, diner table or, you know, in some cases, this is actually fun, I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but especially around graduation time, going to like Giant Eagle or Walmart and all those little graduation cards that have the little money holder putting like a million dollar bill in there. Oh, nice. You have to be careful how you do it. So the cameras aren't Yes. Filming. Right. And of course, no workers are there, but uh, it's fun doing that. And Mark Cahill, he used to do the, or I think he still does this thing where and you got to be careful with this one too, but going around to the liquor sections of grocery stores and like slipping a gospel track down the little open oh. slots of beer. Oh, in the, the six-pack area. Yeah, yeah. So that way while they're getting sloshed, hopefully the word of God is there enough to... Or before. Yeah, maybe. exactly. And or maybe after. it causes them from making bad decisions. Mark Cahill, I think uh, I've heard a couple of his sermons. Now, he's um, he, he maybe currently or part of Living Waters... Uh, he's associated with them. Okay, he, he's been on their program before. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and same similar style of evangelism by going through the law, which not that the Ten Commandments is the only way to witness or evangelize, but, you know, it is one of those things where man is without excuse. Right. You know, when you line up our lives, every single one of us with the Ten Commandments, uh, we're all without excuse. There's literally nothing that anybody can say to get their way out of the fact that they've told a lie or that they've stolen or that they've you know, had anchor in their hearts towards their, their brother or their sister or a complete stranger that cut them off this morning. There's no escaping of that. And the Bible says if we offend in just one of these areas, we're guilty of breaking the entire law. Just like when you get pulled over for speeding, you know, that ticket basically says you've broken the law. Right. It's speeding, yes, but it's you, the overarching law. And so that's a thing. That's one of the benefits of using that as a style of evangelism, the fact that it leaves people with absolutely no excuse for, oh, well, I think my good works are going to outweigh my bad at the end, or I think my good works are enough, or that's not what the Bible says. Christ said to be perfect as I am perfect in Matthew 5. He says to be holy as I am holy in 1 Peter 1. And if, you know, we sin, that right there shows that we're not holy and perfect. That's why we need a perfect and holy sin bearer. A lot of a lot of uh, gold to unpack with everything that you just said right there. And I, if I could, I, I'd actually like to pause on just a couple of those things because I don't want to go over any of our, our listeners' heads or just through their ears here. Because I know with podcasts, the beauty of it is it's not it's passive listening. You don't, yeah. you don't have to be tuned in, uh, watch like you are when you watch a movie. Um, but here's the thing. When you talk about the speeding ticket really like brought a, uh, 
something to the front of my mind here. Now, if someone were to go to your court hearing on your behalf and pay that speeding <laughs> ticket, right, then you would you would not be guilty of that crime. You wouldn't be held. You wouldn't be incarcerated. So it would be you'd be forgiven in the mm-hmm. judge's eyes. Yeah. And of course, that judge being a picture of Jesus Christ. Now, well, all God of a sudden, the Father even. Right. But that well, guy right, coming right. and painting, yeah, yeah, he'd be the picture so of I'm Jesus glad, Christ. That's why I'm glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> it was all in my head. What happens is it's all up here, and then I'm like, I got to get this out as quick as possible. Now, the jury, that would be like the nation of Israel, right? <laughs> the 12 tribes? Well, everyone knows that. <laughs> and they're going to witness... <laughs> In the end days, they're virgins. Um, (laughs) Just a little end times humor for you guys. Uh, And the thing is that, you know, a lot of people to, when they're confronted on the street with like street evangelism, and it's more of like a question answer type thing. A lot of you out there, if you've heard of this, it's it's, uh, the good test. And Mm -hmm. I think what it really comes down to is it's really an evil test. And uh, the barometer of what that we all share, it all points us back to the cross through that, uh, you know, by bringing us to the cross with contrition, which is really just one of those fancy words that means with sadness, with great regret for yeah. what we did um, by sinning against Jesus. It's a really good way to make a presentation for our need for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why that resonates with me personally, and then uh, we'll get back to you because I have some cool questions for you. But, um, you know, a lot of my background in the past, present, and future has, has just really always been in sales and presentations and education. Yeah. And uh, you really can't present a solution to someone if they don't see a need. Mm-hmm. You know, we even mentioned that a couple of weeks ago on the show that, uh, you know, going with the Ray Comfort illustration of jump, you know. Oh, right. Yeah, parachute. You yeah. Know, if someone came up to you and said, hey, here's this parachute and, you know. It's no, there's no turbulence. Exactly. Yeah. There's, they're not going to do anything with that. But if there's turbulence and you make the announcement that, look, we are going to be crashing, you need this. Right. Then they're going to be a little bit more apt to take that. And it's the same thing, you know, another analogy would be like, you know, giving somebody a cure. They go to the doctor for a checkup and the doctor gives them a cure and they're like, what do I need this for? Mm-hmm. Well, you need to present the disease first. That's a normal question. Yeah. You know, and if the doctor builds up a lot of value for the cure, but not a lot of need for the cure, you know, people try to present Jesus as almost like a cure-all. And he's almost like this perfect elixir for your life. And just come to Jesus. He's 100% love. He wants you just as you are. And he's going to be a life enhancer. Yeah. So you're you're almost putting him on like a coat of many colors because it's going to enhance your experience of life when really Jesus warns us that the opposite is true. That as we take on more of Jesus and we sacrifice and crucify more of our flesh, that we're going to be further separated from the world. And because of that, we're going to suffer through persecution and hardness. Right. And that's a thing too, especially for people who, you know, if you're one whose heart is dead set on evangelism, you know, kind of the danger with that, I would say, is at least for me. I mean, if I'm being honest, there are times where, and even kind of just going through it now, and I get it, it's a podcast, and, you know, but I, even just going, kind of going through it now, I was like, man, I, I kind of felt like it was a, a, a canned speech, you know, like right. it was a script. And there are times where I've even caught myself where I'm talking with a stranger on the street and kind of going through that. And it's like, okay, I know after I say this, I'm okay, then I'm going to go through the law. And then after I go through the law, they're going to say, well, would you be guilty or innocent on judgment? And I'm like, I'm going through that in my head. And it's almost like it takes the personal touch out of it. Sure. That you care more about getting through the rhetoric and you care more about getting through the speech than you actually do about the person that you're talking with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why... At least for me at times, and I've caught myself where it is just that. I think there are some times where people will 
evangelize and witness that way, and it's a complete turnoff to people because it's written all over your face that you're just going through a script and you do not oh, really man. genuinely care about the person you're talking to. Right, yeah. And so that's where, I mean, and don't be wrong, that the other side of evangelism is called, you know, like friendship evangelism, where, you know, and the downside of that is, goodness, what if your friend that you've been reaching out to at work for three months at a time, what if he dies in a car crash tomorrow and you've just been trying to be buddy-buddy with him? Right. I get that, but at the same time, you know, I mean, if, you know, you can reach out to him and that person sees that you care, sees there's something different about you, you're not just going up to him and giving a canned speech to a guy. And so that's where it's, you know, these things, it's called work. It's called the work of the Lord. It's called the ministry. Yep. And this stuff, it's not easy. And so, you know, hopefully if, you know, you or I are out there and we're just kind of going through it, just kind of going through the motions, you're kind of just going through the script, then, you know, hopefully God slaps us around and wakes us up so that it's not just a, you know, we're doing it so we can put another notch on our belt, you know. Well, I think uh, not as a counterpoint to what you just said, because obviously we're on the same page. You need right. to strike a great balance between the yes. two because there needs to be a dialogue. It needs to be conversational. But um, I'm a really yes. big believer in having a script because systems make a lot of sense, but also stylizing it. Right. But just not presenting it as a script. Sure. Yeah and, if, yeah. and if you're new to the material, I think for guys like you and I, mm. sometimes uh, we take it a little bit for granted because we sort of immerse ourselves in these things and that we're always ready to give an answer and a defense. Yeah. But for someone that's really new to the, to the faith, um, not to squelch that or maybe pour a little bit of water on their growing fire for God, but to to guide and direct them in the right ways to do it because, you know, you can really, like if we were to try to script out an entire podcast and just read from it, yeah. it would lose its effect. It would lose its body, right? <laughs> Plus it'd be obvious because there'd be like those yeah. little awkward moments where <laughs> you would stop when you're not supposed to stop or you just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's no give and take. There's no balance there. Yeah. So uh, I think that, you know, just speaking for myself that when it comes down to that, um, it really all comes down to the individual. Yeah. Um, rather than just, yeah, sticking to the script. Have you ever stolen anything irrespective of its value? And uh, then, you? you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Question mark there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's a great point. Um, and then just to circle really quickly back around to our analogy earlier, what most people miss the boat on, and, and this is, I, I just have to mention this because writ large, right? To, to guys like you and I, like I was just saying, this becomes rote. Like we know it in, 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 in our hearts and in our minds. But as far as people relying on God's goodness to, mm -hmm. to permit them to come into heaven upon judgment day after they give an answer for everything that they've done, they're relying on the wrong thing because they've created their own God and their God probably would let them into heaven because it's a God of their own invention. It's not a God of the Bible. But if a God is truly just to forgive sins, he also has to be completely just in the opposite direction to judge those sins. Yeah. He, there, there would be nothing to forgive if there was nothing to judge. Yeah. And so if you've continually refused him and distanced yourself from him, because God doesn't really withdraw himself from us, we turn our backs and we run the, the opposite direction, then his goodness wouldn't allow you. Just like a judge, by being a great dude, if he's a great judge, he's not going to let that murderer get away because he wrote an apology letter and, you know, felt really bad about it. Right. He's still going to follow the letter of the law. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think there's a good balance there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Guess what? Chicken butt. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> you answer that question. Uh, no, the one thing I wanted to, to ask you about, because I know that you're in the thick of it right now, and many of us, myself included, We'll never experience this, and it's an awesome privilege, but it's also uh, a great burden, but for Jesus. 
So right now you're writing your own curriculum. Mm. And you, you've been behind the podium in the pulpit many, many times, and you're obviously super talented at it. But here's the thing, when it comes to writing your own material and, and taking on the Word of God and then expounding upon that, what challenges does that give you? Um, and what, um, like what ways have you been able to capitalize on it with what God is showing you in your heart rather mm-hmm. than, kind of like we were just talking about, sticking to the script? Yeah. Like, I guess just talk a little bit about that and how, how it's oh, been for man. your life. Where do I begin? Uh, predominantly, um, you know, there's a certain fear as far as, you know, well, uh, you were talking about as far as sticking to a script. Well, one of the things with, uh, you know, when you're doing your own curriculum, when you're writing your own thing, it can be a lot easier to, I guess, um, force in your hobby horses and your agendas right. in there. Uh, especially if it's a topic that you were very, very, uh, you know, stoked about talking about. Um, and uh, and I guess with that, it's just a matter of, well, then that means that I become the one that's in charge. That means that I'm the one that's kind of dictating where the lesson's going to go. And I become the one that is, you know, like I said, you know, in charge. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. That makes me the final authority instead of the Word of God. Uh, you know, like Colossians 1 talks about Jesus Christ being the preeminence. He's the first in rank of influence and and uh, supremacy. And so that is what it should be. The Word of God should take that that precedence and not your agendas that you want to try pigeonholing in and even seeing like, ah, oh, well, you know, I feel like this has really been a, a cause or, or really there's been a burden here. Uh, let me just see if I can create something or create a talking point that I can just slide this little thing in here as a little jab to right. to the folks, which... And almost convince yourself that it's, yeah. it's for God's purpose. Yeah. yeah, which not that... It does become a struggle, but I mean, it, it's again, if it if it's there in the text, then, you know, bring it up and have at it. Sure, don't avoid it. Right. And so that's where, like, I actually ran into an issue with that this past Sunday, and this past Sunday was a little, actually bizarre. Um, but uh, so long story short, I had... Really, there were these two main points on my outline that I was wanting to get through. And for the first time, it dawned on me while I'm teaching, like, holy cow, I'm actually not going to be able to get done with all this. Oh, you, you know, usually, at the clock? Yeah, yeah, you've seen. I mean, right. usually we've... I, there's oh, never been a man. point where I'm teaching where I'm like, oh, you know what, guys? We're not going to get through all of this. I've always ended right where I planned on ending. Yeah. So there was... Uh, there was. I, I kind of get in my head where I'm like, okay, if I get finished with point number one... I can do point number two next week. Well, I get finished with point number one. I look up the clock. I got 15 minutes left, which, again, I probably could have stopped there, but it was one of those things where I did this impromptu of, oh, well, what I already had for my conclusion uh, uh, for the entire study sheet of points one and two, I'll just take one of the bullet points for that conclusion and I'll kind of just elaborate on it and expand it impromptu right here. Okay. And... uh, (laughs) What was originally going to be like a two-minute little speech turned into like a 15-minute conclusion Yeah. that, I'll be honest, there were points where I'm like, did that even make any sense whatsoever? While you're talking? Yes. That's not a good place to be. No. And that's, that's really, honestly, that was like the first time that's happened to me in, I can't even tell you how long. Like really? literally probably back, you know... Uh, I was given opportunities to teach like when I was in the senior high and stuff like that, but my youth leader, and of course I was young then and again, stupid, and you're kind of a little bit, you had that zeal without knowledge that Paul talks about in Philippians. But um, I uh, 
I just, it wasn't that I blanked out or anything like that, but, and really when I got the constructive feedback from my wife at the end of the lesson, she's like, no, it was good. It's just, it was so practical that, because again, I'm teaching on that church history right. point. It was so practical that you didn't tie it back in with the historical point you were elaborating on. Okay. And so it's one of those things where you can get so caught up in what you're teaching on that it's it rabbit trails in a good sense, but it's your job as a teacher to bring it back all to the main point of where it came from. Yeah. And I didn't really do that. And so, to be honest, I was kind of beating myself up the last two days because I was just like, and this is, I guess, to answer more of your question as to, you know, struggles, things of that sort. Um, it's just beating yourself up of, man, do I make any sense whatsoever? Am I kind of taking the reins back over from Christ and not letting him work in me? Am I trying to, you know, push any agenda I have? Or am I just not making any comprehensive sense whatsoever? Kind of like this podcast, maybe. It's no late way. at night when we're recording this. No way. It's been a long day at work. Dude, this but... is probably the, the best episode that's ever been recorded of any podcast. Surely to be usurped by the Sundays, I'm sure. Maybe. Once Cameron gets angry that the Browns lose again, he's going to go off on whatever happens with Kavanaugh. Bill Cosby just got sentenced to three to ten years in prison today. I have a feeling Cameron's going to want to say something about that. And I <laughs> Three can't years? Three to ten. That's that's like six months for every person that he violated. That's, that's <laughs> thanks, America. Three years of He's going to be trading pudding pops in, in prison. Stop, stop. <laughs> and someone's going to be giving him a pudding pop. Because oh. <laughs> of the... In prison, men are... Uh, they become attracted to one another and sometimes like physically violent with one another in an intimate way. Um, so I guess all that to say... Right. Uh, if that makes any sense, uh, that was kind of my struggle just recently is just, you know, when you got an impromptu... You know, again, relying on the Spirit, but you also have to... God does His part, but He also... You have to do your part, too. And my part, I, I feel as though I failed to tie it back in with the main point. Although, there were some good points that I was talking about, according to the feedback I got. Just needed to tie it back into that. So, you do just start to wonder, like, okay, am I making any sense? Am I, you know, am I doing a good job of it? Right. Um that's always kind of there. And even if you have a series of like seemingly good lessons, you know, there's always one where God just uses that to knock you back down. Not that I was getting prideful or cocky about it, because I, I always have something wrong that I, I see in my lessons. That's one of the reasons why I don't listen to my messages or anything Oh, that's right. Like you, that. you never have. No. Yeah. Because, well, part of it is because I don't want to get too caught up and cocky and prideful, but also because I know I would completely beat myself up on, well, why didn't you say this? Or why didn't you say that? Or why did you say this? Well, as long as you're you're letting the, the Holy Spirit lead and you're prepared in your material, then you sure. can you can rest confidently yeah. in that. And I was prepared for that point, but it was a two-minute yeah. point that I then took and expanded into 10 minutes. And it was I've a... basically lost where my original uh, jumping off point, my platform was on that one. So you're, you're... It's, it can be an interesting balance, too. Well, I wish I could have been there. Uh, Hey, you know what? Silver lining, Corey. Have you ever heard that phrase? Yes. It means uh, out of like the, the ashes of disaster I come, heard it. come the roses of success. Kind of like a rising phoenix? Yeah. Okay. Kind of like a walking phoenix? Oh. <laughs> not yet. Oh, not yet. Sorry. We got, we got a movie review coming up. 
Which not not really movie preview. <laughs> it's like a pre-preview. It's a pre-preview. Yeah, we're get we're so woke. We're like we're so beta on this show, <laughs> or meta. I screwed it up. <laughs> you don't. You don't even know. The kids now, when you do something that's like really cool and it's cutting edge and up to date, it's totally meta. Right? Oh, okay. You know. Gotcha. What was I talking about? We're oh, in our thirties. Yeah. Here's the thing. You might be. <laughs> um, you still have what, like, two months more, three months left uh, of, of uh, chances. To... Yeah, um, two more months essentially. Yeah. yeah. So just when people think you can't get any worse, you can redeem yourself. <laughs> Maybe that was all part of your plan. You know, you go on a, a 15 minute diatribe, and then people are like, "I don't know about this, Corey." <laughs> and then you come back the next week, and all of a sudden it's like a TED talk with a verse. <laughs> You just get people pumped up. <laughs> hey, bring some fog machines. I'll think about it. Maybe some strobe lights. Yeah. I what? have a rock band introduce me. Try one or the other, though. Emergent Church. <laughs> Where's that at? I should check them out. What? Uh, Emerging Church. Is that here? Emergent. Emergent? Church. Where's that at? I want to go. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> hey, I, don't, I wanted to circle back around to that. Why don't, would you come back on the show at some point? Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, great. I waited until we were on air to get you to do that. It's <laughs> it's an honor. We both know it's an honor. Have you seen our listeners out there? Don't comment. You nope. haven't even seen your listeners well, out there. I don't run the stats. Our staff does that. Here's the thing. Uh, I want to do a pre-preview, but I also thought it was really cool. I want to make a point. with your Because your, I attended your last uh, series. And I wish that I was like Hermione uh, Granger. Of Harry Potter, to where do you, do you do you ever see that movie? Have you seen any of them at all? Uh, no. Okay, you're not invited back on the show. Okay, but while you're here, let's have a great conversation. She has no. She has one of these little medallions as a necklace, and it she can control time, and it's the cutest little thing. Right, and then she gives the 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 bread to the elves or to the the hobbits. Yeah, and it it never yep. goes away. Right, and it fills them. Well, because it was um, like an act of generosity. And then she volunteers as tribute, right, uh, for her. And then... And that's when uh, the the T-1000 comes for her. Right. And yeah, she's, but, in that, that she's in that insane asylum. But the yeah. T-1000 comes to kill her. Yes. And then she has to hook up with the T-800. 800, yeah, the original model. Yes, yeah. in order to stop the T-1000. Exactly. I think I have seen these movies. Okay. Well, at the end, this is the whole point I'm getting to. Um, when Jack is painting Rose on the couch, the heart of the ocean reminds me of Hermione's little like time manipulator necklace. And she uses it. She has all these powers to manipulate time right. like Doctor Strange. Right. Marvel. Fantastic movie franchise. But... <laughs> She uses these ne this necklace to attend all these different classes. I wish I could do that to attend yours, buddy. Hmm. You know? If I had the, the power to... If I could turn back time... Da -da 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 -da, if I could find a way... Right? You know what I'm saying? Back those words that'll hurt you, and you 
Oh, I read you loud and clear. That's because I'm right here next to you. Very true. Uh, let's do a movie preview because I know you're really excited about this. Did you this. actually finish your thought on that last subject? or I don't know. It, it starts to run together after long enough. How, look, we're now, we're now monetized, right? So we've been upgrading the studio. <laughs> we've got new lights in here. We got a new green screen. We've got a great staff. But uh, we just got approved for um, uh, monthly donations, so like a subscription basis. So until people start showing us the cheddar cheese, then this is what they get. <laughs> so, but if I have a run on thought here and there, you know. Dude, this entire podcast has been a run on thought to me. It's 8 o'clock at night. This is past my bedtime. Throw us like a five spot and we'll be good. <laughs> But no, you guys can subscribe at anchor.fm slash fyfpumpcast, and uh, you should. It's uh, one of the, it's the 11th commandment. But tell us about this this Joker movie, because I'll be honest, right. I'm excited, and I did see the same screenshot you're going to talk about. You did? Yeah. Okay, because you and I have not talked about this yet, and you were usually on par with this kind of stuff. So oh, yeah. for those who don't know, and I actually, I have a feeling that there are a lot of people that don't know, because I think people are kind of... Uh, I guess you could say they're done with the DC movies. Why? Um, well, uh, because number one, Rotten Tomatoes is a part of the Illuminati. And everybody in today's day and age, because of We this, granted them membership, huh? <laughs> everyone in this day and age seems to be so caught up in the groupthink mentality that, oh, well, if uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, says this movie's at 86%, then that must mean that this movie's good. And they use that to define and, or, you know, criticize art form, which is just stupid. But anyways, I, I digress. Uh, but Rotten Tomato, DC movies, of course, they are not as popular as you pointed out, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Um, so one of the things I think that DC started to do, and they've kind of been hush-hush about this, is that along with their, if you want to call it Justice League line of movies, you know, with... You know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, all that. They're going to have that line of movies that are still going to continue and they're still going to keep going or be ongoing. Okay. But DC and Warner Brothers are also going to do a secondary movie line of DC Comics movies where they're their own standalone feature. And just this past week, they showed the first footage of the origin story Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix, and the internet lost its mind. It did? Really? Oh, yeah. Like in support of it? In support of it. They're excited. Compared to lack of support thereof for Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, yeah. When they first revealed that footage. Well, there was a lack thereof of his Joker in the movie. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a good bazinga there. Thanks, man. It, Am I allowed saying bazinga? Isn't that copyrighted by a... TV show? We, uh, no, one of the cool things is about our, did you hear this on last week's um, Sunday special, or Saturday special, you can actually admit to any crimes in the past <laughs> on our show and you receive full <laughs> legal immunity. We also have, we operate uh, almost as like a sovereign nation here to where <laughs> trademarks and copyrights. Kind of like the Vatican. A little bit better than the Vatican. Illuminati. What do you think about cult <laughs> So Joaquin Phoenix's yeah. Joker. Hey, we're looking at the picture right now. Well, that's that's a newer one. And man, I wish we could throw up a, a splash shot. Where's Kyle? Kyle, get here. Where's Kyle? He's Kyle? Not, he's not here. Kyle. Anyways, that one, that's not the one. That one just came out, but it's, uh, I have no idea what the background is of that one. But you need to look at the other one. That one right there. Uh-oh. Is yeah. this it? That right there. How oh. just 
alarming I, and disturbing does he look there? This isn't the picture I saw. Yeah, there's a, okay, so online there's a 30 second, they call it test footage. Actually, there's a video right there. You better not play it while we're talking. Oh, the, the test with sound? Yes. They know, can I ask you a question? Well, first off, I'll, I'll end here. This 30 seconds, it's supposedly test footage, but everybody thinks that, no, this is actually part of the movie given the plot details. But um, it, it's basically, you know, Joker's origin story where he's a failed comedian okay. taken straight from, uh, I think it's the Killing Joke comic, great comic, um, where he's a failed comedian who has one really bad day and decides that he, he one last uh, straw that broke the camel's back before he goes insane. And so, uh, yeah, everyone's really getting excited. Plus, it's Joaquin Phoenix. He usually... Yeah. Only does, with the exception of the village. Signs. And... No, the, the village. Oh, signs also. Okay, let me put it this way. He had that weird mental breakdown, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. In like the late 2000s where he did that documentary. That was orchestrated. It was. Yeah. But everything since then, he's been very artistic with his uh, movie selection choices. And so the fact that he would go back to a comic book movie... Um, and the fact that Martin Scorsese is producing this, and the fact that Robert, oh. Robert De Niro is co-starring in it. Yeah. It's Robert De Niro. He's mm. in a comic book movie. Mm. What, it's just all that to say. A little bit. <laughs> Wait, am I getting Pacino mixed up with De Niro? No, I think you mixed up Pesci with De Niro. No, no, no. A little bit. That's my De Niro. <laughs> that was Alec Baldwin doing uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. That was. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they all go together. All that to say, something has you know, drawn these works of talent to this seemingly, you know, defunct studio that can't seem to produce a good comic book movie. So everyone's hey, kind of excited about it. Are and you I am too. You always, like, get DCs back, though. What do you mean they, they don't produce? I said a, seemingly. Oh, according to, like, Rotten Tomatoes and their ilk. Yes. Okay. And every other fanboy website uh, that just spouts their mouth off of, oh, well, it's not like Marvel. Whoa, you don't have to call them names, like losers and stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking that in my head. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, speaking of which, is there a release date, do you know? Uh, it's actually a year from now. I think they said October 2019. Okay. We should do um, like a, a live tweet sort of podcast. We should, you know what we should do? We should do a live uh, vlog of right. the movie. Okay. And then put it up online and oh, maybe people can pay us yeah. to, to watch it. Dude, WB would love that. Yeah. That's not been done before, right? Uh-uh. Like you said, any crimes, you know, <laughs> committed on were committed on the on the podcast, is that what you said? Yeah. What? no, don't please. We're the only two people in here. <laughs> not committed, pal. By the way, I forgot to have you sign our no rape waiver when you came in. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna sign the no rape no. waiver. Okay. I, just, I thought that was uh, that was a little bit too excessive. I thought in the last show. No rape. No, just the constant mention of it. I thought that was. I think you got the point across. I hope so. <laughs> we in a day and age when when guys can just go out and rape people. Yeah. Plus, not to mention, I'm not I'm not a part of the team. I'm just a special guest. Yeah, you are. Well, yeah, but you're still. I'll sign it if it makes you feel better. Thank but you. I think it's a little. That's. It's just weird that you guys were bringing it up as often as you were in the last episode. Well, the only reason is because there was some uh, issues surrounding Brett Kavanaugh's nomination. And he has what to do with the podcast? He Well, he was being accused of rape, and we thought, hey, there's a chance that maybe out there at some point in time, someone might have thought we raped them. And so we wanted to clear the air and just say, hey, we first of all, we've never raped anybody. And second of all, we're not planning on it, mm -hmm. you know? Understandable. I mean, we don't. no one knows what the future holds, but we're not... 
planning on it, Corey. No, come on. I'm just kidding. You're pleading the seventh. That's not the amendment. So, last, I have a final question for you. Uh, final question? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll keep you here all night, you know. <laughs> That's what my wife said. Um, do you, so here's, it's maybe a series of questions, but just speak about it from your heart. Okay. Um, what is a man? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Is there any kind of law of uh, ripping off another YouTube uh, channel? I don't care. What's his name? Jesse Lee Peterson? JLP. Man. For those who don't know... Uh, this guy, we don't really know what this guy's background I don't, is. I don't know what he's doing. He seems like he plays dumb. He brings on these just weird, flat out weird people that... Check him out. Oh, I actually wish I could get like a cleaned up version, you know, of like a five minute snippet of all the guests that he's had on there. Just all the weird people of oh, like... Yeah. Well, that one stupid kid who got extradition from, what was it, North Korea? Okay, I just like thought about him the other day. 16 years old and yeah. he is all for... Pedophilia, everything. That as long as it's consensual, that it's okay. And like this guest, not the guy we're talking about, but like this guy, he always brings these weird people on, and he always just, you know, asks them like, "What on earth are you guys believing?" And that's one of the questions he usually brings up is, "What is a man?" And it's, tell us, tell me about your father and your childhood, yeah. and if he, you had a father, and you had a father, right? I did. Okay, do I you do. Consider and a, and a, a good relationship with him. Yes. Good. Thanks, Jesse Lee. This ain't gotcha journalism. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I already knew these questions going into it. I, I thought I'd lob you a softball. <laughs> uh, yeah, so no, this has been awesome, man. Uh, and actually, the reason why I was really excited to have you on the show is because, well, I, I like you. And I know that you have a lot to share with our audience. So no, we'll have you on in the future. You can share a little bit uh, more about how your series has progressed. And I know we always like to end these things. Uh, the train wreck, the beautiful train wreck that it is, with a semblance of uh, structure. So All right. at the end here, we, we like to do uh, on the FYF Pumpcast what we call the final word from the word. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what's really cool? I didn't plan this because I'm not that smart, but the final word is our final authority as well. So uh, there you go. if you have any thoughts prepared or anything that you would like to share with our listeners, I would uh, love to hear it. Yeah, some that I was actually coming across and uh, it kind of tied in with what I've been teaching on and uh, a little bit to go on with what I was sharing on Sunday, but uh, I just came across this passage today and I'm going to see if there's a way that I can incorporate it into the the lesson because, again, it fits in with what I was going with. But, you know, Matthew 13, uh, you can also read the parallel passage in Luke 8, but it's talking about the the parable of the soils. Right. And, you know, Matthew 13, that's, you know, that's the defining chapter where... You know, as the Pharisees and the Sadducees were continuing to just berate Christ and just continue to doubt that he was the Messiah, that he was Lord, um, Jesus decided, like, all right, no more light for you guys. The kingdom is now going in a mystery form. I'm speaking in parables, and only those who are my followers are going to understand me. And so he starts off with the one about the soils and how, you know, the seed is planted on different soils, and the seed is a picture of the Word of God, and the soil is a picture of man's heart, and there's, you know, different heart motives, there's different you know, um, heart receptives. Uh, is that even a phrase? Yeah, right. You can heart reception. Yeah. Heart reception, not receptives. Um, but different heart receptions to receiving the Word of God. And I came across this one. I actually didn't check with Luke 8 to see if it's very similar or not, but as I was reading it, it just uh, really hit me and struck with me and just in a way of just kind of, you know, talking about today's day and age and how people are. But 
Um, verse 20, Matthew 13, he says, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. And I thought this was very interesting because, you know, you know, a lot of people will, they always use this parable to always talk about, you know, salvation. And it is a, it's a great picture you can use of salvation because, I mean, if man's heart is, if it's not good ground, if it's not good soil, if it's not receiving the word of God, then, you know, it, it, there's, it's not going to bear forth fruit. He's not going to be a new creature. But I always think about these passages because of when it first hit me a long time ago as, well, this could be for a believer. Anytime he's doing his devotions, anytime he's reading the word of God, this could be the heart attitude of a believer at any given point in time. As I was just thinking about it, when he says here in verse 20, he's like, someone who receives the word into stony places or receives the seed in stony places, this guy's reaction in verse 20, he receives it with joy. And I kind of said this, it was the first time I worded this way this past Sunday, but I kind of said it as it's the, the oh wow, oh goody moment. Like when you're reading God's word and you're like, oh wow, yeah. oh goody, I've never seen that before. Yes. And I kind of made the picture of how, you know, we always talk about head knowledge versus heart knowledge. You know, if it's head knowledge, ah, you're just being intellectual, you're just being puffed up and it's not getting anything. But I also made the picture of like sometimes I think that when we get those oh wow, oh goody moments and we equate that with being heart knowledge, that because it made us feel warm and fuzzy inside, that somehow that means that it has worked effectually in us. That's not the case. We can receive the word of God with joy. We can have those oh how oh goody moments. But if it doesn't take root, like in verse 21 says, whenever tribulation or persecution or whenever any kind of trial comes in our way, that same verse that supposedly meant so much to you, how come it's not helping you to get through this it's trial? It's a non-effect. Yes. Yeah. Because it was just any, a hard emotionalism. It was just a, you know, oh wow, oh goody moment. Just because you have that warm and fuzzy feeling, that does not mean that you are receiving the word with, you know, meekness or that you are believing it as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh in those that believe, as 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says. And so I just thought that was interesting because, you know, so many people, they always want to say, oh man, here's this awesome thing that God showed me this week. And my response is, okay, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad that God showed you that and it's obvious that God hit you with that and it meant something. What are you doing with it, though? Is it making you a better discipler? Is it making you a better servant? Is it making you a better father, a better husband, a better wife, mother? Name it, fill in the blank. And we often don't talk about how that goody, oh, wow moment is leading us to be better in all of those areas. And I don't know, I just thought it was interesting as I was reading this today after I just got done teaching on this, that here's this other passage that kind of goes along with that, that it's no different than receiving seed or planting seed in a stony ground. It's not going to take root. It's not going to last. And yet that seems to be what all Christians are talking about. I would say even in our own circles that, hey, look at this cool thing that God showed me from his word. How awesome is that? Isn't that cool? You ever seen anything cool like that before? And it doesn't make them better, more effective servants. So it seems like a lot of people are just attracted to the novelty mm -hmm. of being able to extract something from God's word when they are 
they're very committed to it. They're in the Word yeah. daily, and they're always, you know, uh, searching out the Scriptures or being very good Bereans. So sometimes when you find things like that, it's it's very exciting. But mm-hmm. you know, having a reaction to something from God's Word needs to lead to an ongoing action in your life. Yes, is, is basically what it comes down to. That's a solution. As I mean, as James puts the analogy, it's like looking in the mirror. Oh, yeah. In the morning when you first wake up and saying, like, I look good. Yeah. And then you're going about your day. It's like you look into the law of liberty. You see that there's a change that needs to make take place. You need to do something with it. You know, otherwise, as you know, you and I were just talking last week about Hebrews 11. You know, our faith needs to have substance to it. There has to be an action to mm-hmm. back up the faith. And if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that oh, wow, oh, goody moment of God's word. It's not going to mean anything if we don't do something with it. Right. Well, we're called to do that. God isn't a God of suggestions, right? Exactly. He's, he's a God of commandments. Yeah. Hey, for those of you listening, please go check out, uh, you know, it could be right now, but uh, whether it's on Blue Letter Bible or version, wherever the case is, uh, read Hebrews 11 because it's known as the faith chapter, but it also goes on to enumerate different amazing examples through scripture of people who exhibited faith and uh, how that played out in their life and really how you can apply it to your own. That was great, man. So uh, my final word from the word is uh, just really came to me. I didn't plan this, but I've had that really unique chance to reconnect with a couple different guys that I have a lot of respect for. Hmm. Um, I think you may know one of them, but uh, we've come back into contact over recent weeks Hmm. and it's just been really great to be able to reach out to them. And what's been even better, and I'm always very careful and sensitive, um, maybe more so than I even should be, to not let these things puff me up because uh, whenever we get together, we'll go out to dinner or we'll go on like a double or a triple date. Yeah. And I always, uh, you know, pray before the meal. And what's really funny is that, you know, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's very common. It's just, it's standard, right? You, you adopt these things as a life practice because yeah. of your love for Jesus. And then when I get done, it, it's almost as if every time they've just, um, they feel as though they're, they've witnessed a performance and they always compliment me on like my prayer as though it's like a skill yeah. or a talent. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm really not sure how to address that to let these people know, like, look, you know, you, your mouth speaks out of the abundance of your heart. Yeah. And so it, it doesn't have to be something that you plan and that you script out and that you try to put on this great show of, hey, look how great I just prayed. Um, and as a matter of fact, I get I always get very nervous before I pray, uh, especially in public. Um, but I try to think about it beforehand. And then as you start praying, mm-hmm. and you probably know this, I haven't had the opportunity, but when you get behind a pulpit, uh, if you have some of those butterflies in your stomach, as you start just speaking from God's word and speaking with sincerity, it goes away. Mm-hmm. It, oh, yeah. Which is like, you know, it's not you. It's amazing. Yes. Because you could talk about any other subject and I would still be a nervous wreck, you know, sports or hobbies or anything like that. But uh, there's just, there's like this peace about it. Uh, but here's what I wanted to share, and uh, I, I didn't know exactly where it was. For those of you also who have been listening to this episode, our, our first midweek episode featuring Corey as our special guest in the studio, he has an amazing photographic memory. And uh, I've spent a lot of time with this guy in the Word. Uh, we do our own discipleship meetings, and I've seen on more than one occasion where he's been thinking of a scripture that he wants to show me or reference, and he's turned to it, to the actual page. So, uh, Did you say turnt? You've, you've turnt to it. <laughs> You're so turnt. <laughs> I'm going to teach you all the slang words. I was going to say, isn't that, isn't that uh, slang for uh, like partying? Yeah, but we, you know, actually, uh, yeah, we, we make some shirts that say like, turnt testimony. <laughs> Basically, like we're, we're using things of the world <laughs> against them. All, yeah. That's, uh, God can take what's intended for bad and make it good. 
Or that could be seen as uh, the world and the church are joining hands, kind of like in Baalism. Uh, You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got the church in Pergamos, everybody. Yeah. You got you got to know the heart of the ministry. Um, <laughs> hey, ask me a question about my shirt. It's better than like those 1990s, you know, like hieroglyphic slash three dimensional like crusty bright silver shirts on like a Hanes slash through the loom heavy cotton tee. <laughs> Oh, Not there's anything wrong with that. No. So, uh, no, in Proverbs, and it's really neat how God often repeats himself. And, you know, when God repeats himself, we should pay attention. Yeah. When he does it in the same book, there's also, to, to me at least, there's more importance to that. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, and Proverbs 24, verse 6. And the Bible reads, uh, I'll just read one of them for example's sake. Uh, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. And Aaron, that was so archaic, I need a modern translation <laughs> and it helped me understand that. <laughs> You've been a bad boy. <laughs> Despicable Me Three. I haven't seen that. Oh, you gotta I've watch it. I've seen the first two. You but... gotta watch it. It's good, man. Maybe we'll feature that next time. Uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna seek a multitude of counselors on whether or not I should watch that. Yeah, ask them. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that I just trashed. <laughs> you're you're so bitter. I am. I'm you're, sorry. You're sharing the word. I'm interrupting and you're a green dragging tomato. this along. Go ahead. No, no, not at all. This really uh, stood out to me because I think that it's interesting the way that God shapes and forms hearts. He doesn't do that so that we can store this all up as, as like a treasury unto ourselves. He yeah. does it so that whenever we're presented with these very rare, because this has never happened before, but circumstances to reconnect with people from your past. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that I wasn't always as strong um, and, and just devoted to my walk with Jesus in the past when I knew these guys as I am now, yeah. but my testimony was able to be strong enough to where I could start sharing these things with them. And I've just been really thankful for it. Yeah, absolutely. I really have been um, because, you know, a lot of times I don't have that ability to get out there and witness and soul win and things like that. But uh, yeah, this that's just a really quick final word from the word and just uh, giving thanks to God for bringing people back into my life uh, mm -hmm. when I'm, I'm not deserving of it. And just using every opportunity that I can to share a little bit about his goodness. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what um, the situations in life might be. Right on? On right. <laughs> hey, why don't we close out with a song? Um, do you want to sing uh, Celine Dion's rendition of uh, the Titanic theme? Something, but I don't know the words. That is how I know you go on. No? Oh, well, let me guess what ACDC or something. <laughs> this entire time you've been singing, I've been trying to think of something smart alecky to say, and I came up with nothing. You're blown away. I hit every note. I'm like a tuning fork. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream. Kyle, we need a closing track. <laughs> Kyle. What's the first song that comes to your head? Sabotage by Beastie Boys. Sing it. I, no, I'm not singing that. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get it edited in. <laughs> You've been listening to the FYF Pumpcast. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in Sunday for our newest episode six. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha